AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thomas was brand new to the Kalioka School in Murray County. She started as a freshman this year, entering the public school system for the very first time. Investigators say that she is with Tad Cummins. TBI says that Cummins was a teacher. A student reported seeing Cummins kissing Elizabeth in his classroom in late January. Cummins told two students he's a father figure to Elizabeth. He stole my daughter from me. She's 15. He's 50. This is Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Police arrested Elizabeth's mom, Kimberly Thomas, last year. They charged her with five counts of child abuse and neglect. If a person was looking for a teenager that could be easily influenced, I would say that she would be one that would, that would definitely attract that kind of person. Days are passing and still no sign, no credible sign of a missing Tennessee schoolgirl, Elizabeth Thomas. Has there been a sighting in Corpus Christi, Texas? 
This case gets national attention when it is revealed her 50-year-old pervy health sciences high school teacher makes off with her after he lies to his wife that morning that he's going on a job interview. Job interview? My rear end. He took this little girl and has vanished in his silver Nissan Rogue. This is Crime Stories. I'm Nancy Grace, and I want to bring Elizabeth home alive. If we can get her home alive, it will take her years of therapy to work through what has happened to her as the story slowly comes out about who is Elizabeth and who is her family. We've learned a lot. This little girl, beautiful, blonde-haired, hazel eyes, comes from a very disturbed background. Her mother, the mother of 10, yes, Elizabeth, ha Elizabeth has nine siblings. Her mother has been charged with mistreating her children, beating Elizabeth, throwing her down basement stairs, locking her in the basement, making her take her clothes off in front of other people. I, I, that's just what I know she's charged with. What may have happened behind closed do doors, we'll never know. But I can tell you this, right now, Elizabeth has been kidnapped by her school teacher, her married 50-year-old teacher, Tad Cummins. And joining me right now as a very special guest, Elizabeth's father, Anthony Thomas, lawyer, very well-respected lawyer in that Tennessee community. Jason Watley is with me right now, hoping to shed light on the case to bring Elizabeth home. Jason, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Nancy. Jason, you say that as a father yourself, if you had had any idea then what you're learning now, there would be bloodshed, and I'm on board with that. What are you learning that I don't that I don't know? What you can tell us that is, Nancy, the grooming process that this uh, uh, I think you described as a pervert, and that's a good word, but the grooming process was. I actually said perv. There you go. That had been going on in earnest for a long time. We're hearing stories about back rubs, shoulder rubs, holding hands, being alone in the room consistently with him. Being, a back um, rub? Whoa! A back rub? He's giving this little girl back rubs in the classroom? We're getting reports of those kinds of things. And actually, in the, that, that particular allegation was in the cafeteria more than once. That is, that's making me even matter at the Morin County school system than I already was. It will be a cold day in H-E-double-L -L that some male teacher gave my daughter a back rub. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. He'd get a knuckle sandwich, no mayo, and a heartbeat from me. All right. Back rubs in the cafeteria, alone in the classroom. That's even caught in a, in a picture, by the way. Now, what well, were you saying before I went off? Well, the, the, what we're learning, and I, and I hope and pray that as we dig into this, that this, that some of this is not true, but this is what the consistent theme that we're hearing is that he was in the nature of a, of a counselor to her. Now, this is a guy with an associate's degree who's a respiratory therapist who really, he's not even a teacher. You called him a teacher in your opening. He's not a teacher. He was teaching, but he's not a teacher, at least not a teacher in the traditional sense. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't think you could teach in the public. I mean, I taught 
while I was waiting, a student taught while I was waiting to get into law school, English. And uh, I, I didn't think you could actually teach in the public school system unless you had your four-year degree. Am I wrong about that? Well, as my, my understanding of what Tennessee law has done, they've allowed, they've, they've, they've softened the rules to allow for people that have legitimate skills to go in and teach. For example, a medical doctor could teach science, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you, or, you or I, as people with law degrees, could teach um, you know, a government class or something like mm -hmm. that. Now, that's my understanding of what the law is designed to do. In this case, um, he was able to teach. And, and, and while I, I don't know his, his complete background yet because I don't trust his resume and we're having to vet that. Did he put CIA operative on the resume? <laughs> he did not. I mean, but that was apparently he readily spoke to his students about those kinds of insane things. And he obviously had this young girl. Uh, believing these things, believing that he was a millionaire, believing that uh, that he was this uh, special forces guy. It's just insane. But that shows you the level of control that he had over her. She had a special seat, allegedly, according to sources we have, next to his desk. Now, this wasn't because she needed discipline. This was because she was a special student, which he described in the report from the school as his best friend. He also told other students that he was a father figure to her. He used this abusive home angle to further persuade her to rely on him as a therapist. She was allowed to leave class and go to him is what we understood. Now, we're trying to confirm that. But these are, you know, that's the level. Think about this. Mother abused these children. She's out of the picture and has been out of the picture. He's still using that for his, quote, therapeutic uh, reasons uh, to help this uh, child, all the while he's just preying on her. It's a sick picture. Yeah, I'm just amazed that, and again, the fact that he kidnapped her is not the school system's fault, but all the warning signs were there, the kissing, the back massages, the special seat, the mentoring, all that, and I imagine that there's more. Those were red flags that they should have caught. Another issue is you said, and I'm coming back to this question because I got crazy for a minute when you were describing it, but you said there had been a long pattern of grooming her, and you referred to back massages, and if, what, what else were you saying that you've learned about? We've talked to students who said that, that, that they've been seen holding hands, that he would insist to sit beside her if it was in a, a group setting, that, he, that this was open and obvious. Uh, of course, the, the back or shoulder rubs were, were seen on, on more than one occasion. She was in his classroom alone on a, on a routine basis. We've even had one student tell us that there's a hospital bed there for demonstrative purposes where the child was found by that child asleep on that bed one morning, walked in, there's the child and him alone, and she's asleep on that bed. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're hearing. Of course, the children are, are, are getting more and more afraid to speak. The teachers and are afraid. And listen, I'm, I'm a fan of our teachers. They, they're, they've got a very tough job, and they're in a tough position. So I, I, don't want it, I don't want the impression that I'm throwing our teachers under the bus. What we're investigating here and extremely concerned about is just an atmosphere that was created that allowed the grooming to take place and, and how, why he was ever in this place to begin with. Uh, look, I have to check myself, Nancy, because, you know, I, I view this as a lawyer. You know, we're, we're, we're to be objective and try to help our clients be as objective as possible. But then I find myself at times 
uh, almost getting conflicted because as a father, I'm the father of five with three daughters. I, I put myself in the shoes of my client. And when I then review the facts, I become outraged. And so, you know, while I love our school system and I support our teachers, I have teachers in my family. They're wonderful people and they're dedicated people. And nothing I'm saying is meant to besmirch their uh, them. In fact, I went to that school, Nancy. That, that's where I graduated. I love that school. Hey, you know what, Jason Watley? This is not about them. This is about him, Tad that's right. Cummings. And, you know, when you know somebody and you trust somebody – and or grown up with somebody, or you won't go to the school, it's hard to believe. And even with them, they knew Tad Cummins, and I'm sure that they saw him through a filter of, he's a great guy. And they would never have believed he would do anything like this. And I, I've had that happen to me, uh, you know, when I would... I, I will never forget, I got very close to three particular APD police officers because we worked a vice case together, a child prostitute ring I was trying to crack. We were together every day. With my job, I would be hardly ever in the office. I'd be on the street or in the courtroom all the time. We worked this case for three months, thick and thin, day after day. And uh, we got the conviction. We busted the child prostitution ring. Well, about six months later, I'm minding my own business, Jason. And I look up on the screen, and there is, you know, in the federal court, they don't allow pictures. There was a sketch of three guys. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that looks a lot like so-and-so. Well, it was. These three vice cops had been raiding dopers' houses, arresting them, and stealing all their money and jewelry. Okay? Oh. And they, they had been doing it for so long that the feds had actually set up a sting and got them on video for Pete's sake. I knew nothing. I trusted them completely. I had spent months with them day in, day out. And that was the filter through which I saw them. And I, it was hard for me to believe they had done it. I had to see the video myself. I hear you. I want to pause briefly to thank our sponsor today, CrimeCon. It is a nationwide gathering of crime busters and crime sleuths, amateur and professional. It goes down June 9, Friday through June 11, Sunday, Indianapolis. I'm going to be there. Joining me are the best of the best. F. Lee Bailey will be joining us, the famed orator of the O.J. Simpson defense. Cheryl McCollum from the Cold Case Institute. Ken Kratz from the Stephen Avery prosecution. We're all gathering together for a weekend of crime fighting and the very latest. Alan and I will be there podcasting live, and we hope you join us and join our podcast with all your thoughts and questions on crimes and crime fighting. It's in Indianapolis. Go to crimeonline.com or crimecon.com and use this code, Nancy, for 20% off. In fact, I was telling Alan earlier, I've got to re-register so I can get my 20% discount. CrimeCon, June 9. Indianapolis. And CrimeCon, thank you for sponsoring our podcast today so we can shed light on the kidnapping of Elizabeth Thomas. Now, where are they, Jason? What What's happening within the family? How is the... 
What happened with this mother, the one that is currently facing charges? She mistreated, abused Elizabeth. Why is she jumping up now, a day late and a dollar short, talking about Elizabeth come home? That'll be a cold day, and you know where Elizabeth will come home for more abuse from the mom. According to those charges, she has not been convicted yet. Well, she hasn't been convicted, but... A court found by clear and convincing evidence, a juvenile court, that she did these things, and that's why she's cut off. So let's be clear with that. I mean, so and that's a high standard, as you know. It's much higher than preponderance of the evidence. So that was already found to be the case. And these children are terrified of her. Um, she has wrecked their lives in many respects. And, and my client, who's a guy that was, he, I'm just going to be transparent, gone a lot because he was the breadwinner. He worked in Nashville. He had to commute. Uh, he what didn't does he know do? these things were going on. He's in the pest control business. He's the just what? a blue collar guy, Nancy. That's all he is. He's a blue collar guy. Hey, 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 hey! Don't be saying things. that's all he is. My father worked for the railroad for forty three years, and put all of us through college and grad school along with my mother. And I mean, I, I, I kind of really, I don't like people saying just blue collar because I've never you're, known you're a right. finer man. Now, You're you right. said he's a what? What does he do? He's in, he's in the pest control business. Man, that's a hard way to make a living. You're out on the street. Yes. You're traveling all day, every day, going into people's houses. That's not easy. No, not at all. And, and he's struggling, Nancy. You know, even physically, I mean, his blood pressure has been, been so high that his doctor has, has uh, told him to just be to rest and not do interviews. His heart rate's been up. I mean, it has been extremely difficult on him. He is—he's a unique man because his exterior. When you see him in some of these interviews, he seems to be sort of his his uh, his demeanor and affect uh, seems to be consistent. He is very much struggling physically, emotionally, of course. I mean, you really don't have in these situations a place to put all of the emotions that you have when your child is taken. I mean, because it's unprecedented, you know, in his life. Well, and a lot so, of people don't believe that, Jason. Uh, but I know that, uh, you know, I've been through it all. Have been being a crime victim, prosecuting felonies for 10 years, you name it. But when I lost my father last year, I've always had extremely low blood pressure and a heart rate of around 60. My blood pressure shot up like I had no idea what was happening. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, started getting migraines, bad ones. And I never had those health issues ever until my dad passed away. So I, ne I always thought things like that were psychosomatic. It's, it's not. What's happening around you can really affect your health, yeah. your body. Yeah, yeah. Um, stress, and, stress is a Yeah, you're right. Let me ask you, um, what does, how, how did the whole thing get, how did, the, how did Cummins do it? Now, that day that she was taken, I understand, in, in retrospect, the children were not going to school. It was a teacher development day or something? That's correct. Yeah, yeah the school was out that day. And so she was going to spend uh, a day with a friend. And, and so... Uh, so and, and the father, for his part, after the kissing incident uh, came to light, which, by the way, he learned a week late. But but after, after that came to light, um, he was especially vigilant in vetting where she would go, who she would be with, talking to the parents, monitoring her phone, um, 
you know, he was doing what a good parent would do. Um, and, and of course, um, you know, the, the rest is history. I mean, he obviously didn't know that this was going to take place. And so we have lots of questions about, uh, about what, what was going on. And of course, there's a young lady that, uh, we have no reason to believe was in on this. She was just, uh, the young lady that dropped her off. And I've talked to her, law enforcement's talked to her. And clearly, Elizabeth, um, had a plan. We think that it was clear she had a plan to meet him. What's unclear, frankly, is uh, what her plan was that evening, because uh, as you know, we've heard conflicting news about what she intended in terms of coming home that evening. She told her sister, call the police if I'm not home. And she did that emphatically. And, and I don't have any doubt that she said those words, but obviously she was with Tad Cummins secretly so the question is how what did she actually intend did she intend to leave and stay away did she intend to come back was she herself conflicted didn't know what she wanted to do was it tad that convinced her to do that was she sort of on the fence we don't know the answers to those questions we pray to god that we get her back so we can find the answers answers to those questions well i've been thinking about it a lot and i learned yesterday that she left a packed bag of clothes and things at the Shoney's restaurant the morning she then left with Tad Cummings. And you know what I think? I, I really think that she didn't take the bag because she could say to Cummings, I don't have anything with me. I can't, I can't go. I mean, going away for a day for a lark, you know, sneaking out, going to movies, going for a hike, things like that, and then coming home, that's one thing. But leaving and never talking to your dad or your sisters and brothers again, that's a whole nother can of worms. So I yeah, really think I she left yeah. that bag at Shoney's so she so he couldn't say, Great, you've got your bag, you got clothes, let's go. I think she didn't take it. I, I'm guessing that was the bag left over from the night before where she stayed at her friends. Well now hey now now let me let me be I I'm looking at my just so you know what I'm doing, I'm looking at, at my staff who's here just to clarify. My understanding, at least, and you may have some information we don't, is that she had two bags with her. She left the house with two bags, and she had those bags when she was dropped off. Okay, all right, that's news to me. Uh, Francie Abbott, who's my associate, is in here. Francie, step up here to the phone here. Hi, Francie. Um, yeah, the DA yeah. told me that yesterday, that okay. the Shoney's employees found a bag that she left behind, and... I think she left it behind because she did not want to be gone for this long period of time. She didn't want to, I mean, you don't take two bags into Shoney's and you've got them in your booth where you're having your hot fudge sundae or your strawberry pie, and then you leave one and take the other one. I, I don't, I think she left it so she would not have her clothes. I agree with you, uh, Nancy. If that's the case, that, that adds a whole nother level to this in terms of just trying to figure out what was happening. I will say that we have talked to persons who, students, I'm just going to say it, that have confided in us that for the weeks leading up to the disappearance and even for a couple of months, that uh, certainly post of the kissing incident revelation, that she was wanting to get away because of the ridicule she was receiving. And that, that's very disturbing to us that she was feeling that way and confided to friends about that. What kind of ridicule? Ridicule for what? She's beautiful. Ridicule for being 
ridicule for being a slut, whore, etc. But why would somebody say that about her? Because of Tad Cummins? And this was after the fact. See, what you have to understand is that Tad Cummins was such a beloved, quote-unquote, teacher that the students were allowed to call him by his first name, and he encouraged that, apparently. And so what? We, the, now, the picture we're getting, now, I, and, and I don't, obviously, I'm not immersed in the school, but the picture we're getting from these students is that there, there began to be a lot of students who took the side of Tad Cummins in the alleged kissing incident, and the, the, the cryptic, strange response was to ridicule her for being a slut and a whore and this and that. And that, that those are the kind of words, those are the exact words that we were told that were used. And unfortunately, uh, they're, they're allegedly, this is all allegations that we haven't confirmed, but there were also uh, similar statements, according to these sources, overheard from some teachers talking about the incident where words along those lines were, were used. I hope and pray that's not oh, the case. Oh, yeah, that's already been reported, yeah, that the yeah. teachers were speaking about the little girl in derogatory manners like tramp. Let's be clear. We, we don't know which teachers, and obviously we haven't confirmed, and I know a lot of these teachers, and I just pray that's not true. That is the report that's coming out. Um, and, and the report is also that Elizabeth heard some of these comments. I will tell mm. you that our firm knew that comments, there were discussions at least being, uh, that, that were happening about the kissing incident that were affecting the child. We actually contacted the school central that office. That just gets me so upset. Yeah, we, we contacted because, the central office and said, cut, oh. cut it out, you know, make sure that nobody talks about this because it's affecting the child. Uh, so we knew that was a problem way before she left. Now, again, we didn't we didn't know firsthand of the nature of what was being said. That's coming from uh, students. Well, I guess they're all eating a dirt sandwich this morning um, because now it's clear who was the mastermind behind, behind all of this. Everybody with me is a special guest. It's Jason Watley, who is representing Elizabeth Thomas' dad, Anthony, also with him is his law partner, Corey. Corey represented Mr. Thomas earlier when the mom's parental rights were under scrutiny after alleged mistreatment. Okay, so this is what I'm hearing. That after Tad Cummins is caught kissing the little girl in class, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people blame the little girl and start calling her slut, tramp, whore, and she hears it, of course, and is destroyed by this and wants to get away. And all of this has been created by Tad Cummings. It's this perfect storm for him. And he uses that to, quote, take her away after he's the one that created the problem to start with. Yeah, yeah. Think about the irony here. He creates the situation and then he serves as the savior to take her away. I mean, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling to think that it could work that way, but that's exactly what happened. Well, it makes me also think that she may have wanted to get away from the school situation, but I find it really hard to believe she wanted to cut off contact with all her brothers and sisters and her father, who she apparently loves very much. And he works like a dog to support the whole bunch. Yeah, I'll be very clear about that. We don't believe for a second that she intended to abandon her family the manner in which it's happened. We think that he has control over her. Um, it, even if if we had a recording of the encounter at Shoney's before they left, and it seemed as though she was uh, willingly going, 
he has over he has overcome her ability to say no at this point. He is a master manipulator. There was a report yesterday by uh, another person that's in the medical field that knew him and worked with him that he is a narcissist that he would diagnose him as such. You know, so uh, this is a man that's a dangerous man that knew exactly what he was doing. He preyed on her from the very beginning. Uh, the reports we're having is that from the beginning, from literally going back to early in the fall semester, that he had targeted her and that he had become her savior of sorts, enough that he would declare that he was a father figure. I mean, if you think about that, yeah, there are plenty of benign situations where a person could become a father figure as a teacher, and, and that's a, that, that can be a really good thing in certain situations, but it's not when you're a sexual predator, you know, and so... So, and that's what happened here, the father figure. What does the little girl that dropped her off at Shoney say? About which part, Nancy? Yeah, about what Elizabeth intended. I mean... That she intended to go visit a friend for the day. Visit a friend for the day. Yeah. For the day. Did she just take her backpack or did she just have her clothes from the night before? What did she have with her? She had at least a bag, and now it's unclear to me whether there were two. The The little girl that took her did not see anything out of the ordinary in terms of the bags. It wasn't as if she was carrying a giant Samsonite suitcase or something like that. So that's not what was going on. And so there was nothing that, that struck her as alarming about, uh, about that, according to what she's saying. I find that a little cryptic, though, because if these two little girls are, are good friends... If I if my friend said, I'm going to go spend the day with a friend, I'd say, who? Just, you know, just natural conversation. Yeah, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. There's a I'm concerned, especially in light of the fact that there was knowledge that um, she wanted to get away, was wanting to leave the area, had even discussed about leaving with Tad Cummins. But I mean, right. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, these these children that are friends and in the middle of this, uh you know, I think they're they're all sort of reeling, probably even scared about what to say and who to say it to. Yeah. Where do you think they are, Jason? Where do you think they've gone? Mexico? You know, Nancy, uh, one of the reports we got is that Tad Cummins bragged in class to his students, this is how crazy he was, that he had a place in Honduras that he would go to uh, when things got bad in Colombia, quote-unquote, um, he was sort of a self-proclaimed survivalist, even though I doubt very seriously he had any of those skills or the wherewithal to get to Honduras. I, I doubt he even has a passport. But that's what he portrayed himself as. What? A place, a hideout in Honduras when things got too bad in Colombia? What? <laughs> yeah, he's he's an idiot, uh, and he made those statements. And and uh, and but the child believed them. Uh, we have one report from one child that she had she had actually declared that she has a way to get out of the country. I mean, we 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 don't. I don't believe that Tad does, however, or did. But I do believe that he told Elizabeth that uh, because she believed what basically whatever he said, apparently. And he, he convinced a lot of students of that. He apparently is a very uh, masterful manipulator. Uh, when he's caught, I would encourage you to have him on your show and, and, and uh, find out how his uh, Einstein-like manipulating brain works uh, so you can figure out how he convinced all these impressionable youth that he was in the CIA and whatnot. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, of course. You know, I'm just wondering, do you, what do you make of that Corpus Christi alleged sighting? It, you know... I've read about it. I just don't know. I mean, you know, right now I would tell you that 
you know, obviously the family's not headed down to Corpus Christi right now. So I don't know what the veracity of that is. We hope and pray that it's legit, uh, but we just don't know. And, and uh, we, we trust uh, the TBI and the FBI, law and local law enforcement. Marcus Albright uh, is a personal friend of mine, and he's the he's the lead detective locally. They're all great people, and and we trust that they're uh, following up all of these leads as they should be followed up. Obviously, I'm from Texas originally. He's from Texas. No, I'm from. <laughs> I just said that as a plug to the uh. state where I grew up. I was born and raised in Texas, and. I'm confident that down there that uh, if they think they've got a kidnapper, they're going to hunt him down. Okay, let me ask you this. She has a cell phone. It was pinged, we believe, in Decatur, Alabama. Yeah. The day she goes missing. And nothing since. Do you think she's going to try and contact her family? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, my personal belief is that, that... there will come a point if it hadn't come already that Elizabeth realizes that this isn't any fun and it's not very glamorous, that he's not a millionaire, that he's not a former FBI agent or special forces or whatever. And that's going to come to light. Uh, and when they can't afford uh, dinner, you know, um, and as that happens, I think she's going to want to go home and uh, she's going to try harder and harder to, contact home. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, Now, what's scary for us is as that happens, Tad Cummins becomes more desperate. He's an armed man. He's obviously demented. And, and so to think about having your daughter in the hands of, an, of a demented armed man who's now becoming desperate because he's running out of money. I mean, that, that's the concern we have or one of the concerns we have. You know, there are all sorts of you know, articles written and analysis done on the American dollar versus the Mexican dollar, Mexican uh, exchange. If he did make it to Mexico, they could live for a long time off nearly five grand. Well, and of course, five grand is just what he got. He got 4,500 for the car. We don't know what additional cash he might have had. Um, and no one knew them, just to be clear, as a wealthy family, but you know, he could have amassed easily a lot more cash than that. So we, so we don't know how much cash he had. Where does the wife, Jill Cummins, fit into all this? I mean, is she being cooperative? Have they looked at his bank accounts to see? By all accounts, according to law enforcement, she's being fully cooperative and she's been very helpful. And that's I, I, I have no information to contradict that. That's what the TBI is saying. What does the dad think? What does Anthony Thomas think? Well, about her involvement or what? About where they are. I mean, to me, her her involvement, she's a child. Anything she did doesn't matter because she's not of the age of consent. And whatever she did do is because she was manipulated. But, I mean, where where does he think they are? He has to fight off feelings of becoming despondent by dwelling on worst-case scenario. And he has to hope for the best. And so what he what he hopes is that she's healthy, that this is sort of a fanciful thing that she went off, Tad's going to come to his senses, put her on a bus, and she's coming home, or, or you know, drop her off at a police station. And if he's listening to this, please do that, Tad. But, you know, that's what he thinks or wants, hopes, obviously, is going to happen. That for, as far as what he actually thinks is happening, listen, the other day, he was being interviewed 
by uh, the Today Show, and I was there when they got the they found out that from the TBI that um, he had been googling teen marriage. They revealed that to him in a question, and we didn't know that. Let me tell you, he had a come apart, and and as, as any father would. So if you're asking where he is and what his thoughts are, I think that was a great peeling back of just what's really going on inside of uh, Anthony Thomas is when when they announced, and of course, we all sort of think these things, but in living color, they announced that he was Googling teen marriage. You know, the gloves are off at that point. Everybody knows what's going on, and it really, really just, just hit him to the core, and uh, and they had to reshoot uh, that that question because he just he he got up he just couldn't take it and and uh, mm. uh, you know that that's the kind of thing that a father when you hear that um, you know I don't have to describe to you what a, what an average parent's response would be to that kind of revelation I mean I think you already know listen I've covered so many stories Jason that sometimes during the day I have to go get in my car and drive by the children's school to make sure it's not in lockdown for some reason I gear I hear it. I hear what you're saying. I'm just I'm just sick about it. I'm thinking about his Nissan Rogue. Do you know if he had Sirius XM in there? No, I I I don't know that at all. I know that's a crazy off the wall question, but you know, uh, you know that can be car tapped if they have Sirius, if he's got OnStar, sure. if he's got anything like that. And I wonder if that's being done. Nancy, I, my personal belief is that Nissan Rogue's long gone. I mean, yeah, this I guy was Googling how to, how to get off the grid. He's a self-proclaimed survivalist. He dumped that car somewhere because everybody's looking for a silver Nissan Rogue. And I know there's a lot I of know. them, but there's not that many of them. And so I think he took his 4500 That car's encumbered. He gets rid of that car. I think he pawned. I think he sold the car. I think he sold it somewhere, took the plates off, and sold it somewhere. And somewhere it's on some used car lot, or it's abandoned somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he could, or he could have taken a thousand dollars, put it down on one of these buy here, pay here car lots, or, or or a Craigslist car. There could have been any number of ways that he could have gotten a vehicle. And so I don't know that we have any idea what vehicle that they're in right now. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is this: it would at least give me a direction. If I knew where the car was last, I would at least know yeah. where they're headed. Like, yeah. you know, like the Decatur, Alabama was a little bit of a hint which way they were headed, but not much. But I gave gave us yeah. something, you know, and if I knew where he dumped the car, well, that would at least give me a direction. Well, you know, here's my thought. Those of us who live in southern Middle Tennessee, when we think of the I-65 corridor that goes through Decatur, uh, you generally think of one thing, and that's going to the ocean uh, and going to Florida. Panhandle, that's what we've been saying from the get-go. Yeah, it's about seven hours away. And that was my thinking. My dad grew up on the Panhandle. I spent a lot of time down there. And if you keep going, you know he could disappear. People disappear in Florida all the time. They go down there, and they live transiently, and they're really off the grid. You know, you've got the Everglades. Oh, yeah. You have... Yeah, just a lot of expanse of undeveloped uh, land. He could easily be down there. Yeah. But then this Corpus yeah, Christi sighting kind of threw off my theory. And, of course, you know, I wonder, does some of that information come out? Uh, is it coming out on purpose? In other words, you know, I don't know. In other words, does the TBI or the FBI sort of let out that, oh, here he is when maybe he's not there? you know, on purpose. Um, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but 
you know, in their strategy of uh, trying to find this guy, they may uh, very well be giving a few false leads. Well, you know, know he's watching. Able... You know he's watching TV yeah. and listening to everything and reading the reports. Yeah. Do you know if Elizabeth had an iPad with her, an iPad? We, we do not know that. And if we, yeah, we don't know that. You know, the thing is, though, if she did, he's savvy enough to tell her if she turns it on or the cell phone on, they'll be nabbed. So he, I'm sure he's already told her that. Okay. I'm sure that's what happened with the ping in Decatur is that, uh, you know, they figured out you better turn off the cell phone, don't do that, whatever, and then they didn't make that mistake again. Okay, guys, Jason, I have taken so much of your time, and I want to hear your final thoughts if what you want the public to know and what you want Tad Cummins to know, and as you are representing Elizabeth's dad, Anthony, what you want Elizabeth to know. Is there a message to her from her dad? The first, I'd answer the first question, or the last question first, which is her father, Anthony, as well as her family, loves her dearly and completely, unconditionally, um, and wants her home. There's no judgment. There's nothing other than uh, the love for their daughter and sister that they want her home and safe, and that is it. Uh, number two, to the public, we would say this this is an abduction. This isn't some willful – there is no willfulness here. This is a 15-year-old girl and a 50-year-old predator. Um, that's what this is, and so we want the public to understand that. So this discussion that we see out there on, on uh, uh, you know, co social media comments and whatnot – there's simply no willfulness here, and that that is, in fact, this man brainwashed her. And to Tad Cummins, I would say this: um, if you're listening, um, uh, it's going to go a lot better for you if you would simply do the right thing and let her go safely, put her in a safe place, get her to the authorities. Um, in terms of of going after him, uh, my view is this: the family's view is this: we just want the child back. We don't really care what happens to Tad Cummins at this point. We'll leave that to other people. Again, thank you to our sponsor, CrimeCon, for supporting our podcast today, making it possible, and our efforts to bring Elizabeth Thomas home safely and bring Tad Cummins to justice. CrimeCon goes down June 9 through June 11. Go to CrimeCon.com. Use the code NANCY for another 20% off. CrimeCon, thank you for making today possible. Our prayers and thoughts go on for the safe return of Elizabeth Thomas. I want to thank Jason Watley and your partner, your law partner, and all of your staff that have gathered together to be with us today. We are praying every day. At night, I wake up and I think about Elizabeth. I wonder what's happening to her right now. I worry about her. I worry about this thing going even more sideways where he becomes even more irrational and they both end up dead somehow. I just am really praying for her safety and that she comes home and for her father and her family. Jason Watley, Corey, thank you so much for being with us. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. 
See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 